New Zealand's central bank delivered a 75 basis points hike. That is the biggest rate hike ever in the central bank history. Simultaneously, Singapore's latest inflation data showed some easing in October on an annualized basis. Analysts said the easing was due to smaller increases in goods and services, as well as gas and electricity prices. The New Zealand's exchange is down 0.85% now, and the Australian ASX 200 is up 0.7%, despite the Reserve Bank of Australia Governor Philip Lowe on Tuesday hinting at more rate hikes ahead. This is what the Governor of the New Zealand Central Bank had to say regarding inflation. What we're highlighting here is that uh, inflation is no one's friend and in order to rid the country of inflation we need to reduce spending levels. That means that we will have a, a period of negative GDP growth, uh, we think to the tune of around 1% of GDP, so in that sense it's a shallow period and at the moment we're saying that's around the second half of next year. Right, and for more on this now, let's go to Naeem Aslam, who is Avatrade Chief Market Analyst in London. Naeem, thank you for being with us. So what are these hikes telling us? I mean, there are tightening cycles pretty much all over the world now. How long do you think it will take to really tame inflation? And I'm not talking about 2% targets, just to, just to tame it for now. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I think that's an excellent question and the touch that you put in by saying that not the 2% target, but actually a new reality. I think central banks are trying their best to bring a new reality to the light. And then that could be anywhere between 4 to 5%. But we are still a long way to reach that particular target. Now, of course, as you correctly mentioned, uh, RBNZ has done the biggest interest rate hike to date. But if you look at the reaction on the currency side, you could see that it was very much already priced into the market because the uh, New Zealand dollar is well off the highs of the days and then now it is trading where it pretty much started the day. Now, to answer the second part of your question, are we, how long is this going to take us to bring inflation or retain inflation a little bit? I think that, look, the central banks, uh, especially in the United States, I think there are some preliminary signs that the Federal Reserve has started to see some more positive results. Uh, and of course, with the FOMC minutes coming later this week, uh, we will see some sort of a hawkish slowdown in their monetary policy stance. And I think we're going to see the ripple effect of that among other central banks around the world as well. Interesting. Naiman, speaking especially about prices of energy and food commodities, um, some analysts uh, are saying, especially in Singapore, but not only really, that they have come off the peaks that they've reached earlier in, in the year. Obviously, you know, there are still ongoing supply constraints. Is that a possibility that energy and um, food have, have peaked by now? That would be... Well, I think I think over in Asia, it's a very different story in comparison to the United Kingdom or the UK, because energy prices, food prices are a result of two different factors. Of course, inadequate policies uh, by the by the government over here, and the choices made by by the people, and that was Brexit, which has really increased the food prices over here. Now, when we are speaking of energy prices, yes, food and Brent oil no longer trading above the $100 uh, 
uh, and that is a benchmark which is set across the world. So yes, energy prices are starting to, I mean, they are start, they are moving to the downside for now. But remember the OPEC meeting on December 4 remains a key anchor in this particular uh, area. And if we see a further cut or rather than an increase, we could see a little bit uh, rally coming back into that and then that could put further pressure on energy prices across the globe. Many thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me.